Welcome to Writing on Wednesdays. I'm Nicole Rokas, an author, speaker, and writing coach in Toronto. And I'm Sarah Bariza, a writer and musician living in St. Louis. Writing on Wednesdays is a podcast about building a healthy and sustainable writing process from beginning to end, but mostly in the middle. So get your pens ready, pull up a chair, and join us for a weekly Wednesday writing date. show where we focus in on one idea, strategy, or topic as it pertains to the writing process. Yeah, and Sarah, today we are going to debrief on our holidays as they related to writing, and we're also going to talk about, you know, what our writing-related plans are for 2020. Ooh, I'm excited about this. Y'all, I was like, ooh, what are Cole's plans? What are my plans? Ooh, I love planning. Yeah, and, and we hope everybody had a wonderful holiday time hopefully and a restful rela- holiday time <laughs> yeah got some relaxation in there um, cool how was how was your holiday time it was pretty good it was pretty good I have to say that my work schedule in the weeks leading up to Christmas was a bit more I guess frenzied than I was expecting um I was expecting more of a slowdown and it ended up being that we just had more going on and so I didn't quite get as much time in for uh admin retreat stuff that I oh did did you have any admin retreat I did I ended up doing it after Christmas Mm, which means I didn't really get as much time as I wanted which means I didn't accomplish as much during that time but I feel like I got some really important reflection time and planning Mm, for 20 yeah oh good yeah what about you did you you said you were gonna take a break oh yes I did take a break I y'all I watched not one but two whole movies which wow. was the, these, I know that sounds like nothing, but these are the first movies I had watched since September 2018. <laughs> so this is, this is really exciting stuff. And they were in movie theaters. And oh, by the way, they were not children's movies because I'm not counting Muppets Christmas Carol as a movie. Um, so this is a sign of, I was, I was so relaxed that I actually had time to watch movies. Um, the big writing related thing though that I did over Christmas, actually two rela- writing related things. I wrote my very first and probably only academic book chapter. Um, I submitted that um, on the day it was due because that's how I treat deadlines. I knew this deadline was coming for 12 months. And so I wrote it the week before the deadline, you know, which, which was my plan all along, but it meant that right after Christmas, I was like, oh yeah, I need to write that thing. And the other exciting thing writing related that I did was a, I thought it was going to be a website refresh. It was more like a website revamp. I took two entire days working on it plus bits here here and there. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of work. I changed my theme. I did, we're going to have a, a podcast episode about websites coming up, so I'll save save the juicy details for that but it was it was a lot of work and I'm really glad I did it I'd been wanting to do this for like a year and now I have a website where I just feel like okay I'm proud of this I'm happy to send people there I like how it looks and it it served I hope hopefully serves my readers well which was the the goal I like it too I noticed I noticed right away that you had like a revamped footer and site Mm -hmm. map and Mm -hmm. yeah so hopefully people can find stuff now because I have like a site map and I have Oh man, I spent so much time redoing my categories to hopefully make them more useful to people. Yeah, so yay, yay holidays. And now here we are in January. And what do we have on tap for 2020? First things first, Sarah, do you have one of those theme words for the year? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. Uh, Last year was my very first time doing that. And I chose fly high. And it was a way for me to think about being brave and taking risks and getting a lot of no's. 
uh, my goal was to, you know, be so out there and so, um, uh, so proactive in the work that I was doing that I wasn't just staying safe and getting yeses to all the asks that I made. So that was great. I got a lot of no's. Good. Um, that's what I wanted. <laughs> I got a lot of yeses too. Um, but I was like, if I'm not getting any no's, I'm not aiming high enough. So I wanted to fly high. This year, my word of the year is strengthen. Last year, I started a lot of new projects, such as this podcast. I also started another podcast. I started a book. I sent a book contract. I started a lot of things. And this year, I don't want to start new things um, so much as strengthen what I have going right now. Right. Um, I have... I have a lot of things that are in uh, like continual mode, um, you know, three podcasts, a website, blah, 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 all, all these things. And I need, I, I just want to strengthen those this year. Yeah. Strengthen my relationships with people. And maintenance, I think that also yeah. comes to mind. Yeah. I, I, maintenance feels a little bit more like, well, that was boring. Whereas like strengthen has this idea of like, you know, being a strong person, um, integrity, character, um, building on putting what's there. Yeah. Putting time where things, putting time towards things that are important to me. What about you, Cole? I don't always do a word. I'm much more of like a goals and resolutions person. And Mm -hmm. I feel like these theme words kind of started with people who were more averse to Mm -hmm. to setting goals. But um, this year, like I I do have a word because it's just kind of been reverberating in my mind for the last month or two. And that is nimble, uh, which is kind of a buzzword right now. But I guess, and I'll, I'll post a link to, I have a blog post where I'm kind of reflecting on what that word means for me in terms of my personal life, my business and professional life, and mm-hmm. then specifically in my writing. But to summarize, I feel like my tendency when setting goals, particularly at the beginning of the year, which tends to be more of an idealistic time, is mm-hmm. to sort of create a, a cookie cutter or a framework that I want my life to conform to and then and and like all the things I need to do to get my life to conform to that and inevitably something happens the last few years I've had a lot of stuff going on in my personal life I've changed jobs and and all of that like stuff happens out of the blue where then suddenly I realize wow I this framework is not going to work I'm not in control and I I either spin my wheels trying to get back into control or sort of avoid what's actually happening in my life to try and like live in this alternate reality of my own rigid expectations for Mm -hmm. how I want things to be. So I feel like part of that is just because I, I don't always have the, like, I don't always see it as a strength to be able to adapt. I, I feel like part of me thinks, well, if I were really a good writer or if I were really a good entrepreneur or if I were really a good whatever I would be able to maintain and stick to this goal or this mm-hmm. yes yeah, target or whatever yeah even when life is throwing everything at me and I, I can't possibly like stick to that expectation and then so then I try and minimize risks well like how can I get my life to a point where I don't have anything uncertain happen well that's never going to happen like mm-hmm. your, your yeah. life is never going to be like that. <laughs> that's what life is <laughs> yeah So what Nimble kind of says to me is like, it's this ability to to shift your weight gracefully, um, to shift between projects, to shift between priorities when necessary, even when you feel like you're in situations where you would be prone to lose your balance. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Instead of keeping this sort of rigid posture, you're like holding yourself a bit more loosely 
so that you can adapt and you can be flexible. And, you know, part of that is not setting, um, not having these intensely rigid expectations to begin with. So, Cole, have you thought about this in the context of being an upholder, like in the sense of Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies? Um, I haven't. <laughs> As a fish is in water, it can't see water. <laughs> Like I so for for uh, for the listeners, Gretchen Rubin has uh, the four tendencies. Are one of my favorite personality frameworks. And I know Cole, you're a fan also. And um, I, I am not an upholder. And whenever I hear about upholders or have this dear friend of mine who is an upholder, um, one of the like the strengths is that you're able to stay the course and you have really firm boundaries and you prioritize the things that are important to you and you you're able to accomplish these things because you've said you're going to accomplish them. And then the downside of that is that you can be really rigid when something changes it's like well no I have to stick to the course I can't change my plan because I planned it yeah and I have to say I've gotten a lot better at changing my plans and adjusting my Mm -hmm. expectations but I still and every now and then I start to think maybe I'm not really an upholder but then I look back and I you know the year the end of the year beginning of the year is a really good time to be able to look back and then I I kind of realize what you're saying like yeah I you know I I am very rigid with myself and with others Mm -hmm. and with life situations in a way that often limits me and often holds me back. So that's why, I mean, I'm, I am hoping, you know, that this theme will help me reframe some of that because part of what drives that is, is that I see it as a weakness to, Mm. um, to be, to be nimble. I see it Mm -hmm. as a weakness. Because it is such a strength to be an upholder. Like it's a really strong Yeah. And it's a really huge part of my identity and, um, and all of that. So, yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Well, good luck with that. Even when, I mean, and, and the sad part is like, even when it's unrealistic, like even when I have so Mm -hmm. much on my plate, I can't even uphold the things that I want to be upholding. Cause Mm -hmm. it's like literally, there are literally only 24 hours in a day. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So, Sarah, let's get kind of granular. Do you want to go first since I was sure. talking about my keyword? Sure, sure, sure. So I have kind of bigger writing goals and smaller writing goals. My bigger writing goals are... Actually, can I just ask a question first? Like, yeah. How do you even approach New Year's goals? Oh, the- oh no. That's a, that's a really important question. Yeah. Okay. So I really like the idea of thinking about goals as something that I can personally, practically accomplish. And then there's also the, like, aspirational goals. Like, for me, like, the difference last year, I had a goal of writing a book proposal and submitting it to publishers that I had researched, blah, 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 that kind of thing. My goal wasn't necessarily to get a book accepted. I mean, yes, I wanted to get a book accepted, but I, I really think about goals in terms of, like, what are the things I can control what are, or what are the things that I can at least reasonably hope to control, knowing that, hey, we need to be nimble. I do change goals during the year. Don't steal I, um, my keyword, Sarah. <laughs> Actually, is this the point where I mentioned that um, I am literally, I've literally renamed one of my podcasts Getting to Nimble prior to knowing that this was your word of the year. This is unrelated. It's in the air. All right. Um, we'll let that self-promotion <laughs> slide. <laughs> um, so I, like that's that's the mindset where I'm, where I'm uh, coming from. I want to know where I'm going and what are the things that I personally can generally speaking, control about where I'm going. Of course, life changes. You, you don't know how things are always going to go. But, you know, I, I can apply for jobs. I can I can write the things. I can do the things by and large. So that's like my big picture thing. And then, I, you know, I wasn't as systematic this year. Last year I was like, I have my self goals and my relationship goals and my home goals and my, like, I really 
really broke it out. Um, and I had like 80 goals, which many of which I accomplished. Like a lot of them were like granular, like, you know, buy mascara. Um, but, <laughs> you know, but th this year I think I, I got it down to like 34. But at the same time, I add to them throughout the year. Like this is not a one and done. Oh, I did this thing on January 1st and I'm finished. So that's, yeah. let's, let, we need to revisit these. But um, when I'm thinking about setting goals for myself, I'm really thinking about like, what is the long term? Like, what do I want? And then I'm thinking about some, like, how do I make things in my life better? Like, oh, for instance, I've already accomplished one of the goals. Oh, I have a problem with the nightstand set up in my bedroom. Let's change out the nightstands. Hey, yay, we already did it. It's the middle of January. We already did this. And that was like, you know, this isn't like a long-term big thing. It's more like a, we need to tweak something in our home life that to make it That sounds like Gretchen better. Rubin's strategy of new beginnings where you're like, I could do this anytime, but it's the new year. So let's mm -hmm. yeah. make it oh, a new exactly. year's resolution. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or sometimes uh, like we uh, painted our upstairs bedroom that we use as an, as an office and we were like, oh, we have this person coming and this person coming. We need to get the painting done by then so we can take the furniture out of the other bedroom and move it back in, you know, um, and kind of use those ex external, you know, the person is coming. We do need to have a bed ready for them to prompt getting our office into a nicer shape, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Um, and the, like the goals kind of complement each complement each other. How are you setting your goals, Cole? What's your process? I have to say, I I see things in like sort of the same way. Um, mm. I generally am a fan of New Year's resolutions. Mm -hmm. uh, That's interesting because I don't think of them as resolutions at all. Well, yeah, I'm not sure I like the word resolutions, but I would say yeah. I am generally a fan of taking time at the end of the year to set goals, targets, directions for the year, year to come. And mm -hmm. I yeah. have learned it's generally in terms of, you know, actual like professional targets, I have learned it's more useful for me to, to set directions and priorities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe only a few specific goals because, um, as I said, life can be unpredictable and, usually the kernel of truth in the goals that I may or may not be able to accomplish is like the direction that I want to head in. And for whatever reason, mm -hmm. I feel like yeah. the beginning of the year is an easier time for me to see like, okay, this is the direction I want to be heading in professionally. And these are a few things that mm -hmm. I could do to get the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, so I, I tend to, to think about big directions and then think about, okay, what are some things I could be doing like the first quarter or two or the first is, few months. So much of this is like about really like executive function and thinking like, am I going in the direction I want to be going in? Are there things in my life that need to change? Are there things that I can improve? Right. And really taking that huge step back and looking at the big picture and looking at the granular and saying like, yeah. what, you know, it's so easy to like let something annoying continue to annoy you for like ever and ever. And then be like, actually I need to spend 40 bucks and get a different nightstand set up. Oh, look, yeah. done. I did it. Yay. Finished. Not annoying anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Why didn't I do this a year ago? <laughs> also, also, I think in past years, you know, I have laid out these really grand plans like that have gone, you know, all the way from the big down to the granular. This is what I need to be mm. doing every week or this is what I need to be doing every month. Oh, yeah, that's month. huge. And again, like life, one, one factor is like life is unpredictable. So things have happened, you know, where it's like I it's like clinically impossible to even do the things that I was mm -hmm. thinking about doing yeah. or whatever. But the other thing is I, I sometimes feel like that is overcompensating. That kind of planning is sort of overcompensating for a weakness that I have, which is the 
not, which is a lack of follow through and a lack of checking in. So Mm. I can think of all of those plans. I can be super strategic. I, I love strategic planning. What is much Mm -hmm. harder for me is to check in with those goals and to follow up, you know, at the end of each week, at the end of each month, at the Mm -hmm. beginning of each quarter. Um, So sometimes I make those grand plans as well, like kind of like a set it and forget it kind of thing. So mm-hmm. that I, it frees me up to not have to check in the rest of the year. And then I get to the end of the year, I'm like, well, wait, I didn't actually accomplish any of those things. Mm, oh, yeah. I guess it's because my life is so unpredictable. You know, part of it is like you, you just didn't check in and adjust where needed. How do you manage your goals? Like I'm thinking like I have, I use the app Airtable and I just have a list of them and alongside other relevant things that I need for the year. And I look at that on a pretty regular basis, actually, like almost every week, I'm looking at my big picture goals for the year and I'm looking for like what I've broken down into like my six weeks. So I mean, I use different strategies. Yeah. Last year I started using Airtable. We've talked about Airtable on this podcast as well. Um, I now find, because I have a slightly different position at work that like going between all these different project management apps is a little bit Mm -hmm. because we don't use Airtable at work. Oh, I bet it's exhausting. Yeah. So I, I have... I don't really use Airtable much anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I am very now firmly like in the Google ecosystem or whatever. So yeah. on a day-to-day thing, I'm using Google calendars. But for like more overarching goals like this, I have a, a new journal um, mm, specifically nice. for this stuff. And I have like mm-hmm. do- documents that I've like printed and put in that journal. And I've scheduled time at least for the first quarter to check in I've like already set those times aside mm-hmm. nice. on my calendar nice. so mm-hmm. you know we'll see how that system works I sometimes I find it freeing you know to to use a, a new system every year like whatever mm-hmm. I'm feeling I need to do for myself as long as I sort of think ahead about it and figure out okay how am I gonna like the checking in is the most important thing I can set mm-hmm. all the plans yes. in the world yes. but if I if mm-hmm. I don't have a mechanism for checking in I'm mm-hmm. never gonna follow through yeah yeah, for me, because I, I don't usually schedule, I don't have a specific time scheduled on my calendar, but I set my weekly plan eh, sometime over the weekend, sometimes on Sundays, sometimes on Saturdays, I'm figuring, sometimes on Monday mornings, but that's like my time when I'm like, you know, it does, it takes 45 seconds to be like, oh, here's here's what I've written down, and it's, it's just part of my process for what am I trying to do in a granular way over the course of the week. Yeah, and I should also say like all of the, this that we're talking about, these are for like my specifically like professional and writing related goals. I have Ooh. I have a different list for just fun stuff. Um, we I mean we can talk about we can get more granular mm-hmm. about actual oh, yeah, goals we're gonna, we've set, but we're, we've got fun goals saved for the end. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. <laughs> got it. So let's talk more about these granular. Okay. You know, professional and writing goals. Sure. 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 Um, I haven't um, include in my list. I haven't included any of my other professional goals. I uh, you know I work full time as a musician. I have. Oh my goodness, so many things for 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 my job, for those kinds of things. I'm not going to get into that. I'm just going to yeah, think about writing same, goals. Same. Um, I have my first big goal is to write a very solid draft of the book that I have under contract. And by solid draft, I mean not polished to the point of I'm going to send it to my editor. Here's my final thing. My deadline isn't until spring of uh, 2021. My goal is solid draft in the sense of it's cohesive enough for me to hand it off to some readers and they can follow the thread throughout and and not be like caught up in like oh what what is she trying to say here mm-hmm. you know I, I just want it enough enough polished enough done so that other people can experience it and then secondary goal there I want to have some sort of workshop of sorts around it it's important for me that I get that's a good idea 
kind of, I just want feedback around it. And I don't think that the workshop, as I imagined it initially, it was like, oh, let's get all the people together on, you know, Zoom meeting and we'll all talk. And I'm like, actually, I think that it just needs to be like, I talk to people individually. Um, but I'm probably going to have four or five readers, um, have a couple of them lined up already and they'll serve different types of functions, um, in terms of like the kind of feedback that I want from them. And, uh, I have one friend where, uh, his, his job is to make sure I always sound like myself because he knows what I sound like. (laughs) It's, it's, you know, the best thing to have a reader like that to make sure that I sound like me. So that's, that's the other writing related goal around my book. And then I think I want to write another book proposal. And maybe submit it. It's for um, research that I did around my doctoral dissertation. I've already talked with several um, editors at presses that would be really happy to see this proposal. And I have most of the conceptual work done. I haven't written it, but I know what needs to be in there. I know know all the stuff. Um, But it's probably going to take six to eight weeks to put together. And we'll see. I would really like to do that this summer, but I'm not sure if I can or not. We'll see. Um, I also have some smaller writing-related goals. The first one I did, I revamped my website. Hooray, it's done. And then I have a couple other small writing-related goals. I want to do something to help me with social media. I don't know if that means a social media scheduler. I was looking into it, and I was like, 20 bucks a month, really? Uh, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I should talk to my friend who was a, have you even... a communications strategist. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> By, by which I mean you. Oh, because I was I, like, well, I, I do that too. I know. <laughs> what other friend do you have that like, has the same job as me? No, that would be you. Um, I I used Hootsuite years ago. So maybe, hey, maybe that's a podcast episode coming up. Sarah explores all the social media um, schedulers and tries them out. I don't know. Nicole Nicole uh, takes Sarah through a social media boot camp. Oh, yeah. I just, I, I'm really haphazard at this point, And I, I, I like some of what I do, but I, I realized that I would save myself some uh, time and hassle if I just were more systematized. Um, and I like systems. So I, sh- I should just lean into the fact that I like systems. Um, two other little things. I want to buy and learn the new Scrivener software I write in Scrivener. This is going to happen for me in the next couple of weeks because I am getting back into book drafting mode. Um, so it's time to do that. And the last thing is I'm going to take a marketing course. And this is something I'm doing through my full-time job. They're paying for it. It's my professional development money. Um, but it's relevant to the work that I do writing because it's about how do you, basically how do you relate to people um, and serve them through the work that you're producing. So th- those are my big goals for the year. That's really exciting. Mm, I'm, I'm like over here smiling because I'm like, ooh, I got, I got lots of fun <laughs> stuff on my plate. Of course, you yeah. never know how the word will go, the, 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 the year will go. But yeah. What, what about you, Cole? What are your big well, goals? Well, I, I mentioned that I kind of, for me, the biggest uh, gift of the beginning of the year is the, the sort of space and clarity to develop um, bigger directions that I want to take in my writing. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was, I spent some time at the beginning thinking about, you know, where I am at much longer term goals that I have for like my writing and my career and then sort of thought about, okay, well, how does that boil down to what I, what directions I want to be moving in this mm-hmm. year? Yeah. And one of those directions is that, you know, I just published a book and I actually have a project, a journal that I helped create coming out in February. So yeah, that's I've, exciting. I've had a lot, you know, I, I feel like I have enough on my CV for right now to kind of take some time and um, prune and uh, like I, I, 
So basically, my big direction this year is that I want to focus on building my platform, um, specifically Mm -hmm. my Nicole Rokas platform, because I do have, you know, several other podcasts and stuff that are kind of under other banners. You're very diversified. Yeah, well, diversified. It's mainly just that I have two other podcasts that are under other people's banners, um, and I really enjoy those podcasts. But I would like to spend time this year just focusing on my personal platform and mm-hmm. yeah you know that requires saying no to some things and so one of the things I'm saying no to is I'm not planning on submitting any kind of book proposal this year I don't anticipate you know maybe maybe towards the end of the year and things will change and I'll get some kind of idea but especially for the first half of the year I definitely don't want to be focusing on the next book project I, I want much of my generative writing to be focused on things like blog posts and well-crafted um social media posts and mm-hmm. you know things like that like interaction direct interaction with my readers um and and building that up yeah and I, I mean I do have ideas for my next book and I like the the reason why I'm sort of vague about not saying absolutely no to a book proposal is because the next some of the next projects I would like to be more intentional about having those come out of blog posts, having those Mm -hmm. come out of things that I'm actively writing about. So it could be that, you know, as I'm focusing on doing generative writing on my blog, like that then organically expands into a book. Um, Mm -hmm. So, but we'll see. That's not my top priority right now. Uh, And it also means saying no to one of the podcasts that I do. I'm I'm intentionally um, uh, taking a sabbatical from my Time Eternal podcast this year. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and my, the whole reason behind that is not that I've run out of ideas on how to talk about, like, what I talk about in that podcast. It's not that I have any less inspiration. It's just that I really want to focus on my writing um, and building my, mm-hmm. my platform there. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, I, I have, like, some very granular things that I'm working on for the first quarter or two. Like, numbers, like, I'm trying to grow certain social media platforms to a certain amount of numbers, um, which is mostly arbitrary. I just, I need a target and I find that helpful. Uh, you know, how often I want to be, um, publishing blog posts, how often I want to be doing newsletters. Mm. You know, I have those kinds of targets. I yeah. just, I don't find them particularly relevant to sign or, up like, for Cole's newsletter. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, as you're building your platform, are you thinking of, uh, like, you know how blogs can be really great, but they're kind of an Island. Are you thinking of like, I don't know, pitching to magazines, pitching to... Yeah, I forgot to mention that in in my more granular, like, area. I'm hoping to... I don't know. I haven't really settled on a number, but in my mind, it's like I'm hoping to pitch or submit, you know, to two or three, like, bigger platforms, like, sort of reach platforms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And I'd like to do more guest blogging this year Mm -hmm. as well. I I already have a lot of people who've been like, you can guest blog here. It's just a matter of of writing the posts and um, mm, yeah, sending them. So cool. Yeah. Cool. 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 That's exciting. Yeah. And I honestly, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to having a year where that's the focus um, rather than on a book or rather than keeping every single platform going. It's just like, mm-hmm. I really want to focus in on, on my brand. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to where we are in a year. It's going to be exciting to see yeah. how the year pans out. Should we talk about our, our fun little goals? Sure. <laughs> I, I, I have some, I have a big aspirational one, um, which is to train my preschooler to pick up his own toys. Probably should have started that like three years ago, but um, you know what? This is the year. This is the year. Um, 
And then I have some other fun stuff, which is I want to try 20 new recipes for 2020. I'm in the oh, midst of... Oh, that's a of, fun one. Maybe I should I, Yeah, I'm kind that. of excited about this. Like, I thought about doing, like, 20 lists of 20 things, and I was like, well, I can't do 20 lists of 20 things. But I, I think I'm going to do, like, um, 20 new recipes, and I have... Oh, shoot. I'm off the top of my head. I can't remember the other ones. But a couple other, like, 20 things kind of thing. Um, just uh, not even so much as a way of inspiring me. I'm sure I do more than 20 recipes in a year because um, I love, love that kind of thing. But I, it's more like I want to keep track of it because it, that's kind of a fun thing to look back on and be like, oh, yeah, I made that and I made that. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, I'm working on getting my office set up nicer. Um, this is a collaboration with my husband. We share an office space. He uses it around 4.45 in the morning. Um, and I use it in the actual daytime. And... <laughs> We're, we're working on making it a much nicer space for ourselves. And then a couple other fun things. I am trying to be more focused in learning how to watercolor. Last year, my goal was to literally, quote, mush paint around. Well, I've done that for a year, and now it's time to, like, get a how-to book and be like, what am I actually doing? I just really enjoy it. And I have a ton of gardening. Uh, last year, I really started getting into gardening. And um, over the fall, I cleared out some big plots of land that were, like, basically a uh, English ivy and um, now I'm like it, it's the winter time so I'm like scheming like what what are the native Missouri plants that I can do for a butterfly garden um, so that's that's coming up in the spring and I'm pretty excited about that that's cool what about you what are some fun things you have going so my my fun list I'm doing Gretchen Rubin's 20 for 2020 list mm, I'll, yeah and I'll post a, um, a picture of this uh, I'm a questioner so I had like 34 uh-huh. <laughs> I have 20, and for now, I've written them in pencil. Like, I'm giving myself the freedom mm-hmm. throughout January to, to change. Like, even nice. now, I'm looking at yeah. mine, and I'm like, uh, I think I'm going to change some of these. Yeah. But um, yeah. I'll name some things that I know are probably not going to change, and that is uh, my reading goal is staying with the theme of 20 and, like, 2 and 0. I'm going to read 220 books for 2020. I'm looking forward to that, and it's, so far, I'm on track. Uh, for that yeah it's only like the first week of January that's a huge goal um I mean I again I've cut out Netflix I've cut out uh, a lot of my social media use so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, also for you as author building platform you have done some really interesting uh social media posts and blog posts around your reading so far I've been yeah I'm trying to prioritize like on brand books and books in my industry both for my own just enrichment, like it just nourishes my writing soul, uh, but also to be able to have conversations with others. So I would, da, 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 da. I put it, this is not a fun thing, um, but I would like to visit the eye doctor and the dentist. I have not had, Ooh, important. I have not had a dentist appointment in over 12 years. Oh, cool. It's time. Um, and I'm reading a book where apparently I'm setting myself up for Alzheimer's disease. So yeah, yeah, it's time. Um, I still don't like at this point. The obstacle is I ha- I have a feeling they're gonna shame me, and I don't want to deal with it. Oh, even though I'm an oh. avid teeth brusher and flosser, mm-hmm. and I have pretty good teeth. And anyway. and even though the, you're the one hiring them, <laughs> <laughs> um, my husband and I would like to get a dog. We've been, this, this has so been exciting. on, a, it's been on our list for quite some time. Um, mm-hmm. So it may or may not happen this year, but I think oh, that I we're, so. I think it's going to happen. This is also the year of no library fines. <laughs> My husband wishes it were the year of no library fines for me. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I have no intention of changing those. 
I'm pretty sure I get way more library <laughs> fines than you. Like, uh, yeah, in terms probably, of a monetary probably. amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, from what you've said, I've like, pretty wow, sure. I've never had like $20 of a library fine. Um, but um, <laughs> uh, no more than $20. Yeah, I, that's like a that's like a lightweight fine for me. Wow. <laughs> really okay, bad. that's expensive. That's but expensive. I've, Mine are you like the, $3. The way something. I'm doing that is <laughs> I've, I've basically banned myself from checking things out hard copy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So see how it goes with uh, a few friends of mine we are we have agreed to buy all of our clothing this year secondhand for environmental reasons that's exciting i've given myself a pass on shoes and undergarments thank mm-hmm. you very much yep yep <laughs> and i have some other sort of environmental goals mainly i've i've been on kind of a several years long journey to minimize my mm-hmm. uh reliance on single use materials so mm-hmm. yep me too it's a journey one of my favorite uh, things on my 20 for 2020 list is to visit you if yes! it's the last thing I do. And Please don't make it happens. the last thing you do. I'd like to see you again. Um, I meant for like the last thing I do for this year. <laughs> yes, it's going to so be. Anyway. We'll, have, we'll have a really good time. Yeah. Have you been to St. Louis before? I've been to St. Louis multiple times, just okay. not while you're living okay. there. Yeah, well, it'll be fun. It's a pretty city. I can't wait. It is a pretty city. It is. Wow. So that's a lot of goals that we have for this year. A lot of planning. A lot of thought went into this. Yeah. And Sarah, let's check in. Like maybe we could do like a quarterly or definitely a six month mm-hmm. check in. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, hopefully in six months I'll be like, yes, I have written a solid draft of my book. Um, it is off with readers right now. I'm working on a book proposal. I would love for that to be what I say in six months. We'll see. We'll see. So listeners, um, what, what are you planning for 2020? What are, do you do New Year's resolutions? Do you have a theme word? If you do goals, you know, what are your goals? We'd love to hear. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let us know. We're on Facebook. Just search for Writing on Wednesdays podcast. It's a great way to get in touch. Also, writingonwednesdays.com. Or on Twitter and Instagram. You can just let yes. us know. All the places. All the places. So, uh, Sarah, what have you been reading lately? Well, I have a kind of interesting book to think about. I'm thinking about it specifically in terms of writing. It's called All the Rage, Mothers, Fathers, and the Myth of Equal Partnership. It's by Darcy Lockman. It Boy, this is, sounds disruptive. Oh, it's oh, it's a really important thing. I mean, like, I mean, you know, you know how it is. Uh, women end up doing most of housework. Women end up doing most of childcare. Um, it, uh, especially women in um, heterosexual marriages, and that's not what women expect, but that's what ends up happening. And um, that so th- that's what it's about. It's really really good about that. Highly recommend. But the reason I'm reading it again notebook in hand is because she integrates her interviews so well. My inclination as someone with um, academic training background who's done interviews, I have a kind of terrible tendency to just like list, listicleize it, bullet point it where it's like, well, they said this and they said this and they said this and they said this. Or like blah, blah, blah. Extensive block quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually my advisor wouldn't let me use block quotes. So I, I thankfully oh, really? he avoided that one. Oh. Yeah. No, no. He, I have... In my 400 plus pages, I had two block quotes. Um, Holy crap. He, yeah, yeah. Um, he was like, nope, nopey nope. So thank you, Phil. Thank you for training me in a good way. Um, but what Darcy Lockman does so well is that she integrates her interviews in a way that just feels like narrative. It's like she's guiding the narrative and and so-and-so said this. And then the narrative goes and so-and-so said this. Or she... um turns her narr- these interviews into anecdotes in a way that, I mean, you guys have all seen this in a nonfiction book where the chapter opens and then they have the anecdote 
And then they write the thing about the anecdote. And then they say, and research says, blah, blah, blah. And it's so boring, right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, I get away from the template. Okay, she does that kind of thing where she'll lead off with an anecdote. But it doesn't feel like, oh, like she, look, integrates she started the chapter. Yes, it's so integrated and so narrative driven. It's it's really, really good. So I, I'm like reading a chapter and rereading the chapter and rereading the chapter being like, how does she do this? It's so well done. And for me, I, I've done um, almost 50 interviews for the book that I'm writing. I, I have to learn how to do this in a successful way or I'm going to just have a bunch of bullet points of like, well, so-and-so said this. And It's a useful skill to have even mm-hmm. for people whose sort of, you know, research or source base isn't mm-hmm. aren't interviews. Like, yeah. you know, just yeah. how, how to incorporate other people's words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she does this, I've, I've noticed now, she does this really well for um, – you know, the quote-unquote research scientist so-and-so says this. Um, right. She does it really well with that, too. So I'm really trying to learn how she does how she does that. It's really well done. So how about you, Cole? You have something kind of different. Yeah, I, um, I've read a lot of good books lately, but the one that I wanted to share is Let Your Life Speak by Parker J. Palmer. He has a number of books out. I haven't read them all. Uh, this is my first book by him. It's a book about vocation and calling and... I, so I read it because I had heard it recommended on a different podcast and I thought, oh, like my husband and I have talked a lot about calling and vocation on our other podcast and mm-hmm. yeah, I just thought this might be, um, you know, a neat, a neat thing if, if that topic comes up again or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's why I read it and I found myself throughout like really ambivalent for a bunch of reasons, uh, like just in terms of his, his um, logic and in, and theology in some places I felt like mm-hmm. were inconsistent but that aside I was unprepared for how much it would speak to me as somebody who has come out of academia he mm. himself uh I mean his whole struggle with vocation and struggle to sort of understand what call what calling is as well as his own personal sense of calling has really been shaped by sort of his, his problematic relationship with academia and eventually his decision to kind of leave academia but lo and behold he sort of finds himself eventually coming to do a lot of the same things in terms of like teaching and Mm -hmm. community service that he was doing as a tenure track professor so but there's like a lot of shame that he encounters along that journey and a lot of like disorientation and disillusionment and Mm -hmm. uh, both disillusionment with himself and his own limitations but also like with the structural deficits of academia so uh, that part really resonated with me and also he writes very candidly about his struggle with depression, which sounds like um, more serious of a depression than I've ever had. But mm-hmm. his, yeah. his his writing about about the seasons of depression in his life were just so profound and so real, but also life-giving. And his ability to kind of look back and find meaning and find, like, sal- like salvage these whole seasons of his life that... You could mm. easily look at and be like, like to not feel that, that was like wasted, wasted time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but he has found like immense meaning in those times. And I just, I f- find that impressive and encouraging and inspirational. And just the way he articulates it. Like, yeah, it's a real gift for just articulating and expressing and using subtle metaphors and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to share a quote um, that this is probably the most famous quote from this book. And it's where he sort of, it's in a, part of the text where he's like trying to define what vocation is he says you know like 
before this quote, I think it is, um, just to contextualize it a little bit, he points out that a lot of times we think of vocation as being like a calling from outside of us, whether, you know, it's God calling us, whether it's industry forces calling us or something Mm -hmm. like that, or this sort of external thing that is impelling us towards something. Um, but then he said, he says like, it is a calling, but it's actually a calling from within us. And it's a calling to sort of become who we already are in a sense, uh, which is a really beautiful thought. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I, throughout the book, I didn't feel like he really dug into that idea enough in, in ways that were at times con- inconsistent. But it's a really beautiful thought. And then he goes on to say, vocation at its deepest level is, this is something I can't not do for reasons I'm unable to explain to anyone else and don't fully understand myself, but that are nonetheless compelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that quote. And I feel like it's it's really the way that I relate to writing a lot of the time where it's like, I can't really explain why I do this. I certainly don't derive much of an income from it. I don't always see the point, yada, yada, Mm -hmm. but it's Mm -hmm. something I can't not do. And so it was just like very affirming for me as a writer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's huge. So yeah, that, those are our reads and uh, I'm not sure what else to say, Sarah, except it's, it's good to be back. Yeah, it is really great to be back. Happy January. Happy 2020. Um, And I'm curious what our listeners are up to reading. We love to hear what you're reading. And that's it for this week's installment of Writing on Wednesdays. You can find show notes at writingonwednesdays.com. Ratings and reviews on iTunes are an important way for people to find this podcast. So if you're enjoying this podcast, please rate the show and share it with a friend. And in the meantime, you can find both of us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My website is www.nicolerokas.com, where you can subscribe to my blog and newsletter. And I'm online at sarah-bariza.com where you can subscribe to my monthly newsletter and find my blog and other podcasts. As always, you can connect with other writers like you in our Facebook group. Just search for Writing on Wednesdays. I'm Sarah Bariza. And I'm Nicole Rokas. Until next Wednesday, happy writing. Happy writing.